Welcome to Prescott Valley Public Library's new podcast series, Checking Out the Neighborhood. Ever wonder about who is in your neighborhood or community? Do you miss the old front porch conversations? Join hosts Deborah Finkston and Michelle Yorting as they discover the story of who is here. Join them monthly with new neighbors for each episode. Let's get started checking out the neighborhood. Episode 9 Meet a Brewmeister, Lonesome Valley Brewery. All right, hello and welcome to Prescott Valley Public Library's Checking Out the Neighborhood podcast. This series of podcasts wants to provide our listeners with their local businesses, local people next door. You know, here in the Prescott Valley area, we have got some really hip, cool, interesting people. So um, checking out the neighborhood wants you to meet who's next door. My name is Deborah Finkston, and I am library assistant here at Prescott Valley Public Library. But as always, I am not alone. I am here with... I am Michelle Yorting. I am the adult services lead librarian here at Prescott Valley Public Library. So we are meeting another great, interesting person uh, on this podcast. We also encourage you, like if you've missed any of the previous podcasts, this is episode nine. So we have some others to listen to. So kind of look back um, on uh, Anchor or wherever you listen to your podcast at the other uh, episodes because they're great. So let's get busy with today's conversation. All right. Today, our special guest is Brian Cole. Welcome, Brian. Can Thank you, you for tell having me. A little bit about yourself. Oh, for sure. Um, so I moved to Prescott Valley in 2005. I was working in a different industry then. Um, I was working in retail, and I moved my family up. My daughter was one at the time, and we moved up from Phoenix, from the west side of Phoenix, and um, I've been here ever since. And I've enjoyed uh, uh, enjoyed the area, enjoy the people. Um, definitely put my root down here at the time. Uh, my daughter went to school here. Um, so it's just been a really great experience. I um, I now live out in Dewey, but uh, definitely the business is in Prescott Valley, and that's where I spend most of my my time is in, is in PV. So we have a, a little question here for you. So okay. is it right to say a brewer or a brewmeister? Both are correct. Okay. Um, somebody who brews beer is a beer brewer a brew master is usually the person who manages the area that manages the facility creates the recipes uh does all the production planning etc um and the brewers uh they they do the production so um so i like at work at, at lonesome valley brewing i am both i'm the brew master um and i'm the brewer um and then sometimes i have uh, assistant brewers so right now I do have a Jeff uh, assistant brewer named Jeff Hart, who's actually going to be opening up his own brewery um, within the next six months. Well, so, in Prescott Valley or? Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't find land in Prescott Valley. He couldn't find a uh, facility. So it's in Prescott. But definitely it's really neat to say that uh, Prescott Valley in the brewing scene um, helped facilitate another brewery. Right. And I think right. that's really neato. Yeah. But you also have another brewery in Prescott too. Well, yeah, it's, it's a brew pub that's uh, more of a, a European pub themed. We do all the beers for their, um, there's some guest taps, there's like Guinness and Harp, Smittix, those types of beers. 
Um, but the, the beer is made in PV. So when you go to Prescott and you have whatever beers, it's made right in PV. And that's called the pub. The pub, the P-U-B. Okay. And the big question is, what does P-U-B stand for? And, and you make it up. It's, it's Well, it's a public house, right? But there's already the Prescott Public House, which is a great, great uh, little bar. Um, but we're the pub. So it is P.U.B. Right. So you, there's a little anachronism. You can come up with anything for it. Originally, it was Prescott's Unique Brew House. Um, uh, now it's now it's uh, slang is the place you belong. Oh, oh with the U, yeah. right? With the U. Well thought so, out. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. But you can you can say whatever it is because it's the pub Prescott. Yeah. Nice. Well. Yeah. Um. So how did you get started with brewing? So at about two thousand. In about 99, 2000, um, a friend took me to a beer bar and I, I was never really introduced to beers. Um, I sat and drank a, a few beers and I was, I was realizing that there's flavor profiles that I was never introduced to because beer is a blind food. Unlike, unlike pizza, pizza, you look at it, you see a crust, you see sauce, you see cheese, you see toppings, you know what you're going to be in for. With beer, you see color, you see size. And you, and you get aromatics. That's it. You don't really know what's in it. Most of the people don't realize the ingredients that are in beer. was the hops and the barley, the water, the yeast. This typically get, but how those create different flavors. So I was introduced to all these new flavors. And I said, turn to my buddy, Don, who took me. And I said, hey, I need to learn how to make this stuff with less alcohol. So that way I don't get as inebriated enjoying all these really cool flavors. So we both got homebrew kits and learned how to brew. And I continued on with my hobby and it took over my garage and my backyard and my house and my life. Um, I was just totally in, really invested in making beer happen. And a few years later, I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And I got laid off uh, from, uh, I was a salesman. So I got laid off on April 1st and we went home and my wife said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go wait tables, you know, go work rest, you know, go work in a restaurant. That's hospitality is what I really enjoy. And she said, well, I'll never see you. I said, well, okay. So she said, well, what do you really want to do? I was like, you know what? If given the option, given the time, I would love just to be, to have a brewery, to create beer. I would love to go work for somebody else. She said, no, 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 work for yourself. So you can, you know, so we can do something crazy. What a wise woman. Oh, I'll tell you. She is every day. She's, she is my champion every, every single day. She is, she's amazing. So we, when I say we, I mean her, she brought in two bottles of wine and we sat until three o'clock in the morning. Um, and she created the, the business plan and we had some people help out with, uh, with some cash. I know it's the Lonesome Valley Brewing was com considerably underfunded. We, um, we look back and this is a great thing to say for the town is, you know, we started on with just a handful of cash and some, and a, and a stack of credit cards. Right. And everybody at the town really rooted for us and all the people in the, in the, uh, the town center, um, from, from the planning, uh, planning commission to, uh, who Woody, you know, who does all the inspections to the fire department. Everybody was rooting for us because they knew we didn't have a lot of money and it was either we open or it was going to fail immediately. There's no more, they, like when we opened, it was, we had $17 in the bank account. Wow. So, yeah. So that's exactly how much in the town, they helped us through the permitting process and they came over and made sure everything was going okay with us, you know? And so they really wanted our, our business. They really wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, no, it's, that's one of the things when, when people are trying to open up businesses in Prescott Valley, because they come in, they always talk to like local businesses. And I'm an advocate for everything that PV does to get local businesses, not just corporate places, but mom and pops and people who are trying to open up their own businesses, whether they're a retail establishment, a restaurant, you know, or just bringing business in the PV. I say, hey, make those contacts. These people want business and now the mayor now is is really act really active with businesses too and trying to promote business so uh, it's, it's just one of the things that i'm not only doing am i a resident but i'm also super passionate about bringing business in the pv for sure Fantastic. But, yeah long story short hobby and then we opened the brewery and it's been now it'll be we'll be open uh what was it eight years wow. eight years in october yeah so how is beer connected to the to the local area or your beer? Oh, for sure. Uh, so first of all, Lonesome Valley Brewing, the restaurant is more, I think it's a gathering place, a place where you go in, it's, there's no frills to it. There's no, there's no special lighting. There's no crazy decor. There's no theme. It's a bar. It's a floor of seats, chairs, a couple colored walls and some posters, pretty, you know, pretty much with some really cool art. Um, but the thing that it has become was really not what I wanted. I wanted more of a, a rustic kind of uh, uh, steampunky feel to it. But the the guests that came into the people from PV kind of went along with it and, and made it their own uh, theme, right? So the restaurant's really important and connected because of all the people that have lived here in PV has decorated it and painted it and remodeled it and brought art into the building. So it's a reflection of local artisans. It's a reflection of, of people just coming in and gathering and going, I'm gonna go to Lonesome go have a quick little pint and go, you know, see the people and you walk in, you see the people, you know, you say, Oh, Hey, how you doing? You know, there's, there's some, uh, towns, towns, people that come in for, for drinks. There's, uh, there's businesses made. There has been wedding proposals there. There has been, uh, people come and have a baby. Then they come to the pub. Cause you know, it's right down the street from the hospital. Uh, it's been an amazing place. And I'd say that the thing that lonesome gives to the community is it gives a place to go relax, be with friends without judgment and without, without any type of haste or speed um you know there's a business and there's a world out out there and right now the world's crazy right even more but outside the doors you know it doesn't really matter because that lonesome you just you're around people who are just like-minded folk who are just in for in for the moment yeah you know? it yeah. kind of reminds me of um you know i'm from back east and every little town has a little bar in it that yeah yeah everybody goes to kids everything i mean it's yeah you know, it's kind of yeah. a, and you have a beer, your parents have a beer, yeah. whatever. And when my daughter was, when my daughter was young, when she was younger, when we first opened, she was, you know, she helped paint, she helped put the flooring in it as a little girl. Um, we, I would, I would, uh, I would keep the business open. I, my, my kitchen guy would, uh, would greet people in and I would run out to my car, drive down to Acorn Montessori, pick my daughter up from school bring her back and I would have tables and they'd be like, Oh, okay, Brian, no problem. Pick up your daughter. It's cool. And my daughter would sit at the end, you know, a table, whatever, do her homework. And that was, that was like that for years is we would do the, you know, go grab her from school at between two forty-five and three or whatever it was, yeah. is I wasn't in the building. You're going to get a table. You're going to get a seat. And, and the, the kitchen guys will help pour your beer and stuff. But they knew that, you know, the regulars knew that I would, I was going to go pick up my daughter. Oh, that's it, that is. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and so, you know, and, and everybody's kids too, like all the employees' kids who come in and, you know, they've had football uh, game meetings after, 
uh, meetings after the football games and stuff. So it's not only a place where I get to do my creative outlet, which is beer brewing, but it's also a place that other people can have a spot for their own, for their own creative process too. And family environment and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So which beer was your first craft beer that you brewed? Oh, wow. Um, So Bring It Home is pretty close to being this bring it home is, is pretty close to being uh the same as commercial beers just it's just a different level of work same recipe same ingredients same same techniques generally right um but i would say the probably the first beer that i created when i knew that i was going to be able to pull this off when i knew that i was good enough and i knew that i was confident in my own self and my skills was uh power jam porter which is a you know dark beer uh, made in um, made in the style of of uh, English porter, which is not as full, robust as stouts, but and not as um, not as crisp as pale ales. But right in the middle, where it's super dark, it's got it's got refreshing qualities. It's a lighter lighter body. And when when we started doing it, um, actually started doing it at home first, the same almost the same recipe. And a buddy of mine challenged me to do that style of beer, so I was like as soon as we opened the brewery and I started pushing it out, it has been one of the best sellers at both, both restaurants, but also too is the most consistent beer that I've made. The most one that is, I think we're, we have some notoriety for it because it also is, it's called power jam Porter and a power jam is a roller derby move. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is, it's uh and the the logo for it when you go into lonesome you'll see on the wall is this roll of derby girl um and you 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 both have uh interviewed uh halloween from the and um northern arizona roll of derby right and so we had a big release with that beer years ago with them and so it's just been it's just a cool beer you know it has a great backstory and it's you know it's also a a style from the 1850s so it's, it's really neat so i i have a question you know we hear um, beer, ale, stouts, porter, sure. um, IPAs. Yeah. I mean, beers are almost to the point now where you walk down the aisle and it's like the wine aisle. There's, you know, all yeah. of these different types. In as quick as you can before our break, give us the differences. This is really quick. Ready? There's two types of beer. Okay. There's lager and there's ale. And the reason there's two different is because they're two different types of yeast. Ale yeast ferments on the top of it, and the lager yeast ferments on the bottom. That's the two basic styles of beer, uh, of types of, of fermentation. And then from there, you have subsets, which is the stouts, the porters, the paleos, etc. The easiest way to think about it is porters and stouts are dark, ambers are right in the middle, paleos and IPA are lighter color but fuller flavor. Um, and one of the flavor ingredients is hops, so pale ales and IPAs, uh, India pale ales. Um, which that could be, a, India Pale Ales could be a whole other episode, trust me. Okay. Um, but it's basically the amount of hops, which is uh, used historically and currently as a preservative and for flavor profiles. It brings citrus aromas, floral characteristics to the beer. So if you like a beer that tastes like citrus and it does not have citrus in it, that's hops. And so you'll be, you'll like, that's where the India Pale Ale comes in. Um, and bitterness is, is crucial and important. So there was a thing in the 90s that's, you know, bitter, bitter beer is bad. That's right. Um, keep keys, keys down. Yeah. You suck your yeah, lips. Your beer face, right? Yeah. But the, the, the trick is with that is bitterness 
is equal to sweetness. The bitterness basically balances the sweetness of beer. So the, the sweeter the beer, the more bitter it is. That's why higher alcohol content uh, beers are typically um, more bitter because you're balancing out the sweetness as the alcohol increase, the alcohol content increases because alcohol content equals sugar. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Now my mind is spinning. So I am <laughs> going to um, give us a break because we like to take a minute and um, hey, listeners, if you want to go have a beer while or grab a beer while we're on break, come on back. Um, I hope you're not listening to this at nine o'clock in the morning, though. Um, so just hold on to that. And we will be right back in one second or actually after one PSA. Prescott Valley Public Library's summer reading program, Tales and Tales for All Ages, is here. This year, we're using a new reading and challenge tracker called Beanstack. To find out more information, please visit the Children's, Teens, or Adults page on our website, pvlib.net. Happy reading! Welcome back to episode nine, uh, Meeting the Brewmeister. We are meeting Brian from Lonesome Valley Brewery and P period, U period, B period pub in Prescott. Yep. So, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> welcome back. Well, thank you. You know, I have a ton of questions, uh, but we are of limited time. We don't, you know, we'll have to maybe do another one, a follow up. Sure. But, yeah. How do you decide when to introduce new beers? When, you know, is it just a price point or is it a flavor point for you? You know, how do you bring on new beers and say this one, you know, we're putting away or this one's so treasured, we're gonna store it for a couple of years? Well, I, a lot of it is uh, hearing people's feedback, talking with people, spending time, you know, you spend five minutes with somebody talking about beer, you're gonna learn a lot about people's flavor profiles. Um, and when I originally started brewing for Lonesome, when we opened up, I had a preconceived notions about what people would love, what people would like. And probably half of that was true, maybe, but half of it was wrong. You know, people, you, I try to create beers for the experience of having the beer and having, a like, uh, being able to have a conversation over the beer where right, like right now, um, this time, uh, we've been doing this type of time of year for the last five years. Uh, releasing a beer called Jinx, which is a ginger lemon blonde, Ooh. light in body, light in color, low in alcohol, about four to five percent, uh, made with real fresh ginger and fresh lemon peel, right? And that and that beer came along from somebody having a conversation with me. One of my friends was like, "Hey, you know, what would be really cool is if you did this." And I said, "Well, why don't you come to the brewery, drive up, and we'll we'll have lunch, and you help me do it, and we'll make it, and we'll see if it sells." And they came up and we spent a day brewing. It was a lot of fun. And next thing you know, it sold and people loved it. It was great. And so we just, you know, this time of year, every year we just, we, we make the beer and put it out. And then when it's gone, see you next year. Nice. And, and then one of the, one of the things was we do a uh, green chili, uh, hatch green chili pale ale that Ooh. we release. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, that we release on for Labor Day weekend because we do this big, huge green chili weekend where we do uh, all these specials with green chili burger, green chili burgers and 
soups and you know appetizers and those types of things but we do a green chili beer specifically for that weekend and then we have it until it's out however that beer was so popular that we do it now a few times a year so it's really it well sales drive everything right but right. also too is the level of creation when i'm feeling stagnant in my craft i go out and i find out what people are drinking and then i try to make it that approachable like there's certain certain beers i make specifically approachable because when people especially pv when we were open we were told that a craft beer place would never make it so i tried to make my beers super approachable so that way i could introduce and teach people about beer and then show them the next level then show them the level after that so something really approachable and then 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 over time they as a regular customer they come in and then they would try the next beer on the next level so they would try pale ale then ipas and double ipas and then full richer beers like barrel aged stuff um so a lot of it has to do with low of, long story short long ha- has to do with level of creativity um the what the area enjoys so certain flavor profiles and those types of things which i've learned that it sell better than others um but also a lot of it has to do with my, my creative outlet just right. because coming in and doing the same thing every day, you know, if, if you, if you shelve the same, not saying you put away books, but if you shelve this eight books every day, you would put the rack, put the eight books away. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. would, you'd know exactly. And there's the routine would become mundane. Would you would be exciting, but with new book releases, with new things coming out, you get excited. So the same thing with beer is when there's new styles of beer that become popular or new varieties of malts or hops, I get really excited. And having um, people come brew beer with me is super exciting too, because that's, you know, what I see as an everyday process is people generally see is pretty fascinating because we're dealing with microorganisms, we're dealing with sanitary, keeping bacteria away. So there's, you know, some chemicals and some, I have, you know, I can bring us a yeast sample, put it in a slide and put it under a microscope and, and look at it and such. And, and that's, that's a little, a lot of fun is doing it with people too. Now you've mentioned a couple of times, um, we keep it until it's basically sold out. It's gone. Sure. When you make a batch, um, on an average, what is that? How many bottles or glasses, but we would, how big is a batch? All right. So we are in size. We do from all the way from a hundred gallons of beer for a, for a batch of beer to 240 gallons. And we, and we have this really, really cool measuring system in the brewing community, what's called a barrel. And a, you would say a barrel is, oh, you know, it's, you know, 50 gallons. No, a, ga- <laughs> a barrel is 31 gallons. That's, a me- that's an actual measurement, right? 31 gallons. And how we get 31 gallons is it's the, the size of the keg, you know, the big metal kegs that you see in bars and restaurants and such, that is, another weird measurement that's 15 and a half gallons right so 15 and a half gallons times two is 31 gallons that's what two kegs equal a barrel of beer okay because back back uh when they made the cooperage right you would put it they, the, the size would have multiple different uh names so you have a, a pin a firkin um a barrel a hogshead all sorts of really cool names and everything in beer brewing has historical roots from you know 2000, 3000, 20,000 years uh, BC to 1800s, 1700s, all the way up to now. And we've, we've kept a lot of that slang and terminology. I love, I love history. That's, yeah. I will just have to ask you about history of beer. So if somebody comes into Lonesome Valley or the pub, what can they expect? Mm-hmm. 
they open the door. What, give us a general, what would they expect as they walk in? Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the beer to the side and say, you're going to come into the door. You're going to get greeted by somebody that says, hey, just go sit down. You know, not, nothing fancy. They're going to bring menus, probably talk about the specials. And then, you know, you'll see other people having conversations and talking. There's no TVs. So in all the tables, Thank you, except, right? Okay, go ahead. There's, there's no, I get mesmerized. I, if I go to a sports bar, I'm just watching commercials the entire time, right? <laughs> um, but there's no TVs. And uh, the, besides a couple of two high tops in the bar, every, all the tables are the same height. The reason is, is so that way you can hear people talk in front of you and you can eavesdrop on other people more easily. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's built for conversation. Um, and it's definitely, you know, hearty food, rich burgers, French fries, garlic, <laughs> you know, lots of flavor. We do our, our, our best-selling uh, appetizer besides like traditional wings is a uh, fried green chili. So we, it's like an inside out chili, you know, mm. um, but, and then the beers, the cool thing about the beers is, is all of the recipes are to, to the best of my ability are all uh, historical, historically minded beers from the 1800s and some even down to about 780 um, to 1480 is, I'm really into historical beers. Um, and that's what's my secondary, my secondary hobby is actually historical beer brewing. Um, but all of the beers are naturally carbonated through what's called cast conditioning. So in those barrels and in those kegs, the beer actually naturally ferments. So at the end of the fermentation process, we introduce a little bit more uh, sugar for the beer to, uh, beer creates the carbon dioxide because the, it's a byproduct of, of fermentation through the yeast, right? So, but when it's trapped in a container, that CO2 stays in the solution. So when you, when you, when you get a beer poured, that's actually not, uh, that's not uh, falsely introduced after the fact. Um, it's actually created by the beer. So it's really neat. And that's, it's called cash conditioning. We're only, we're one of the few uh, breweries that still do that consistently and have been. It's, you know, it's, it's a labor intensive process. Um, and if I had my way, I would keep doing it. But as I get a little older, you know, the backs are to hurt a little more. So it might change one day, but I think it's really neat to have that, that 100% natural product to where it's the, the, the yeast that you're drinking is active and it helps makes the beer even that much more better. So um, sadly, you know, we have to watch our time, but sure. if I walked into Lonesome and I wanted mm -hmm. to try today, mm -hmm. the, your favorite beer that's on the menu, once then i would go off and pick my own sure. because we all have our you know yeah. taste buds what could i walk in there and say what is i want to drink one of brian this beer because brian says it's his favorite right now okay i'm going to pick two and there's a okay. reason okay. Okay. okay because um there's generally there's two types of beer drinkers in the world there's people who are really into hoppy things and people who are not Okay, and the people who are not have a bigger, wider selection of, of, of beers available to them. And the people who are hoppy uh, are really focused on the hop flavor and the malts are secondary, right? Whereas people who are into malty beers or people who are not in the hoppy beers will enjoy some hops from, that, from time to time. But generally people who enjoy hoppy beers are pretty focused on that flavor profile. So right now, I would say if you walk into Lonesome, uh, I would say Optimus Prime, <laughs> that's his name, 
and it's and, right which it's um uh, and the last the the prime is actually spelled uh p-r-y-e-m so it's a rye so think of the word rye it's a rye pale ale done with citra hops and it's a beer that me and my current assistant jeff jeff hart um started doing probably five eight, four or five years ago we did it once we do it once a year um and it's just a really robust, super earthy flavored uh, pale ale with lots of hops. So it's nice, got a nice clean bitterness to it, but it has some tropical mango kind of, of aromatics to it because of the hops. And then you have that spicy earthy from the rye. And it's just a really, it has head retention on it is near flawless. It's just, it's just a beautifully made beer. It's it, and the flavor profile is wonderful. And then for the people who are not into the hoppy beers, I would say, um, there's a beer that I do once a year and it's called Mancor Blanc, um, which is a, a Belgian golden strong done with Sauvignon Blanc grapes. Oh. Um, and this, yeah, so it's, it's got some wine characteristics and it's got some really cool citrus notes that are from the grapes, right? And that's, uh, comes in at 13.9%. So it drinks like a wine. Wow. It's lightly carbonated. So it's effervescent. It's really nice. Um, but this year, uh, because it's so high in alcohol, we just did uh, just a very, very, very small amount of it. So it, once it's, I think we're on the last keg of it too. So once it's gone, it's gone. Um, and it won't be back until next year. And it, and that beer changes every year um, just because of the, you know, it's the creative aspect. But however, I'm going to throw a curveball down is I'd say if you go into the pub press kit, the thing that I would get there that is unavailable anywhere else is a beer called safari hunter safari? uh you know think of safari hunter like you think a guy on a safari with a blunderbuss right um and that is actually a historical beer from the 1840s um it's it's called it's an english uh, esb which is english english special bitter and it's done on a hand pump so it's pumps out of the vessel into your glass and it's it's uh done through what's called a sparkler which then atmospherizes the beer, which introduces nitrogen, oxygen, uh, CO2 from the air. And so it's, it's, it's uh, you know how Guinness is on nitro, you see that, that beautiful cascade? Yeah. That mimics what's called cask ale, right? And so this is the only beer that I know of currently that's available every day on cask in our area. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's really, and, and that's one of those, we talk about my historical brewing that I'm really passionate about. It's one of those beers where I put a lot of time and effort in making that beer happen. And that's and having that on 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 the pump every day, and uh, the guys from the guys from uh, England call it on the whoosh because when you, when it pours, it goes. <sighs> yeah, it's really cool. Well, now I want a beer so bad. Um, <laughs> it's well, Friday. <laughs> it is Friday. Yay! Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And this was just um, I don't know about anybody else, but it was such a good teaser on on beer and everything about it now i want to go read a book on it so yeah. i'd um, recommend a book if you have oh, it yes okay okay i'm going to verify the name of the book but the author's name patrick mcgovern right and he has um right i can hear my tap in there um his book he has multiple books um but the book um specifically i'd say his best book his, 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 his masterpiece was called um, Uncorking the Past. Uncorking by, uh, the Past. Yes. By Patrick McGovern. And so, and Patrick McGovern's claim to fame was he was the consult for um, Dogfish Head 
uh, Dr. Shed did all these, uh, there's this beer called Midas Touch, where they found a historical beer uh, recipe and they tried to recreate it from grain, from growing their own grain and they're making their own yeast from the area of the Nile, I believe. And then um, went along and then they did it as a production. Like they, they scraped uh, wine uh, must and, and, you know, basically dried wine from uh, the um, broken vessels to figure out what was in it and they analyzed it and stuff. So it's Patrick McGovern. He knows his stuff. He's amazing. And he has really inspired a bunch of historical brewers today. Fantastic. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Um, anything? No, this was so great. I feel like we can oh, just thank talk you. I I, The thing is, I can, and I warned you. So, <laughs> he did warn us, so. I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate you, you asked me to do this. I really enjoyed it too. Well, we are just thrilled it worked out. And I know that our listeners and our neighborhood are thrilled that you are here. And we all look forward to coming into Lonesome Valley. Thank you. There's one more plug to do. And that if you're interested in learning how to brew beer and meet the people locally in the area who are really passionate about home brewing beer, there's a brew club called Whiskey Row Brew Club. And they're available on Facebook. Okay. Um, so you can, they meet uh, every month. I'm not sure where they meet because they've, they've hopped around a couple of places, but it's called a Whis Whiskey Row Brew Club. And you can meet people and you can just jump right in and you can, there's people that are offering to brew beer with people on the weekends, almost every weekend. Wow. So you can learn. Yeah, it's great. Wow. Talk about, well, thank yeah. you so very thank much. Thank you. And have a wonderful weekend. And All right. little girl, a hug. I will and do. Wife, a high five. Yeah, I will. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you so, you much. so much. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Prescott Valley Public Library's new podcast series, Checking Out the Neighborhood. Make sure you listen to next month's episode where Michelle and Deborah will introduce you to another great neighbor. You will not want to miss our conversation. Remember to listen and then share our podcast with your friends, family, and of course, neighbors. Have a great day.